All right, guys, we're back for the third part of episode 45 or 55. I don't know why I said 45. Maybe because it's UFC 245. Who knows? Coincidence, whatever. But we have the co-main event and the main event left to cover for the monster UFC 245 card. So let's not get not, let's not waste any more time and get right back into it. In the co-main to, co-main event of the evening, you have the featherweight championship on the line as the reigning defending featherweight goat Max Blessed Holloway battles the number one contender, seven and zero in the UFC, nineteen and one overall, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. This is my most forward, most look forward to fight on the card. I would say it's this, then Marlon Marias versus Jose Aldo, and then. Colby Covington versus Kamaru Usman. I'm so excited for this fight. A lot of people, I think, haven't been giving Alexander the Great Volkanovsky the credit he deserves in that division. He's undefeated in the UFC 7-0. He was formerly a rugby player, I believe. It said he played rugby at 220-something pounds, and he fights at 145 pounds. I don't know if that's true, but I remember Dominic Cruz and Joe Rogan said that statistic before he faced Chad Mendes at UFC 232. But if that's true, it makes up for how much power he has in that division and how much power and pop he carries in his shots. But his last fight, he beat Jose Aldo via unanimous decision at UFC 237. That's kind of how I saw the fight playing out. And then for Max Blessed Holloway, he lost to Dustin Poirier at UFC 236, then came back and defeated Frankie Edgar at UFC 240 via unanimous decision. This is a tough fight. It's, I believe it's Max Holloway's toughest fight since he's been in the UFC. You could disagree with me all you want, say Aldo was the tougher fight. Maybe the first fight against Aldo was tougher, but in terms of an opponent, He's never faced a guy like Alexander Volkanovsky. The closest he's come to that fight is the fight he had against Frankie Edgar, where he won, but the fight was, I wouldn't want to say it was close, but Edgar did had did some good things in the fight overall. Holloway was able to keep him at an arm's reach, but he did get taken down twice in the fight by Frankie, and Frankie was also able to close the distance and land some good uh, right hands as he tried to come in and close the distance on Holloway. But Volkanovski has way more power in his strikes than Frankie Edgar, and he's a way, I wouldn't say he's a better striker, but he has a better, he switches his stances more than Frankie Edgar does, and he just is able to get on the inside in a little bit more unique ways than Frankie does. Frankie usually comes in, you know, he'll throw the leg kick, he'll fake the jab, double jab, come in, try to shoot a takedown, break the takedown, come up with some uppercuts and stuff like that, land some kicks to get on the inside and cover the distance and then shoot for a takedown, fake takedowns, come up with the uppercuts, like I said. But, man... Alexander Volkanovsky is a tough, tough matchup. He has some certain things that he likes to do. Obviously, against Aldo, he did something I did not expect him to do, but it was very smart. He started throwing uh, lead kicks to the leg, kick to the body, kick to the head. This was in order to keep Aldo from throwing his kicks, and it was in order to freeze Aldo up so he could get into close range, tie him up in the clinch, land some good shots, get back to the outside. Um, He loves to do the shift, Volkanovsky does, where he... Fakes a right hand, switches into a southpaw, lands the straight left, and then switches back to orthodox. Or he'll just fake the right hand and then switch and throw the straight left from a southpaw stance. And uh, then he'll usually come back from the other side, 
and throw the overhand right. Dustin Poirier does something a little bit like this. It's not exactly the same, but it has similarities in the way that it's executed. I think Volkanovski is a terrible matchup for Max Holloway. I think if Max wants to win this fight, he's going to have to play the distance game much more than he has in any of his other fights. Obviously, he has a good reach, and he can keep opponents at a distance with his crisp jab, his slick head movement, and his footwork. He likes to get the outside foot. So, like, if you're standing in front of me and we're in the same stance, he likes to step to the outside with a hook to uh, get the outside foot dominant so he can get his head off the center line and then come through with that right hand down the center. Max likes to do that a lot. He loves the uppercut. He'll double jab, and as you come in, he'll throw the uppercut. He did this against Frankie Edgar. It worked very well. I would expect him to try to do the same thing against a guy like Volkanovski. But I'm picking Volkanovski to get the upset here, and I don't even really call it an upset. I just think it's a it's the fact that people aren't paying enough attention to how good and how technical Alexander Volkanovsky is. I think more people are paying attention now because of the gym he trains out of. He trains out of freestyle fighting gym. That's his main gym. And then city kickboxing when he gets closer to his fights for uh, in New Zealand. But he trains with guys like Israel, Ades Israel Adesanya. He trains with him. He trains with Brad Riddell. He trains with Dan the Hangman Hooker. Just those three in general should show you how good you know, Alexander Volkanovsky is and how much success that city kickboxing has had recently is going to translate into this fight. And they definitely have a great game plan. Mark my words. They have a fantastic game plan to deal with Holloway. Like I said, if Holloway wants to win this fight, he's going to have to be able to keep Volkanovsky at a distance with his jab and land pot shots. Kind of like what he did to Brian Ortega, but they're completely different fighters. But I feel like if when Volkanovsky tries to lower his level and come in to throw an overhand or switch his stance, he's going to have to either throw the uppercut to try to land it or throw a jab and back up to get out of range and cut the angle. You with that left hook, right hip, right shot to the body. Um, just some good combinations. He's going to have to work the body of Volkanovski, but I think it would, it would benefit Holloway to stay at a distance and don't get in close. Don't even try to get in close to with Volkanovski because Volkanovski is going to be the stronger guy. He's going to be able to dictate the clinch much more than Max Holloway would. And I just think that Volkanovski is going to take over as the fight goes on. I expect the first run, first round to be a feeling out process. I think both guys are going to fake and faint and uh, try to throw some feints to get the opponent to throw a strike and then counter. I could see Volkanovski finishing this in any round, to be honest, but I think he's going to drag it out a little bit. I think the fakes and feints are going to give trouble to a guy like Max Holloway. You saw it freeze up Jose Aldo, and it did the same to Chad Mendez. He'll throw the fake the right hand, fake the left, fake the right, just to get into range, one, two. Fake the right, fake the left, lead high kick. Fake the right hand, lead high kick. Fake the right hand, right low kick. Fake the left, switch to southpaw throw the straight left in the switch stance and then switch back to orthodox and throw the over and throw the overhand right. He likes to do a lot of stuff like this and I just think the variety and the strength of Alexander Volkanovsky is going to play a big factor in the fight and I'm going to pick Volkanovsky to get the job done via a I'm going to go a fourth round TKO. I think he's going to finish Max. I know Max is nearly impossible to put away and if Dustin Poirier couldn't do it you know, how is Volkanovski going to do it? But I think the accumulation of shots that he's able to land and the pr the pressure, he here's the thing that makes the fight so interesting. 
Holloway picks up his pace as the fight goes on. Volkanovski does the exact same thing. He picks it up second, third, fourth, fifth round. We haven't seen Volkanovski in a five-round fight, so we don't know how he's going to be in the fourth and fifth round. That could be where Holloway takes over and puts the pressure on and finishes him. But I just think the strength, the power, and the overall game plan of Volkanovski is going to be too much. I think he's going to be able to get on the inside against Max, land some good shots up the middle, land some shots to the body, and I think he's going to land that uh, some good overhand rights and step off on the angle. And you know what? I said a, I said finish. I'm going to stick with it. I think a fourth-round TKO. I think he's going to drop Max, hurt him, and just put a barrage of punches. I don't think – I think Max will get up, but I think it'll be like a standing TKO and he'll just beat him up against the fence, land some bombs, and get the finish. And Alexander Volkanovsky is going to be your new featherweight champion. And then Max Holloway will move up to 155 pounds. I think he'll get the rematch, but I think he's more interested in moving up to 155 pounds at lightweight, and I could see it happening. So yeah, that's my pick, new featherweight champ. Then in the main event of the evening, we have the grudge match of the century. We have the reigning defending welterweight champion of the world, Kamaru, the Nigerian nightmare, Usman, versus the former interim welterweight champion, Make America Great Again, the real deal sex appeal, Colby Chaos Covington. This is going to be a great fight. This is one of the toughest fights to pick on the whole card. I've heard some people say Colby Covington. I've heard a lot of people say Kamaru Usman. It's a tough fight to call, and I really don't know, but I have a hunch and I'm going to explain that to you right now. So, obviously, Usman's title-winning performance at UFC 235 against Tyron Woodley was unbelievable. He looked the best he's ever looked. He really dominated Tyron for five rounds, 50-45, 50-44 decision. Really just put a stamp on his reign and his reign as the um, welterweight champion, the new king. Colby Covington has looked dominant in every single one of his fights. Obviously, he lost via a submission to Warley Elvez, and after that, just dominated everybody. Dominated Damian Maia, picked him apart. Dominated uh, Rafael Dos Anjos for five rounds. Dominated Robbie Lawler for five rounds. Just This guy has a pace and a pressure that you cannot break. I don't think Colby Covington will ever get tired in a fight, and that's why I'm leaning towards him to get the job done here. So here's the thing. Kamaru Usman. He's very good at the wrestling, but the wrestling between these two is going to cancel out for the most part. I think that each guy will get a few takedowns early on, though. I think it's going to be completely stifled, and even though, you know, at first I thought that Kamaru was better on the feet, and I think that technically he is, but I think the overall volume, pace, and pressure of Colby Covington is going to be too much for Kamaru Usman. I think... He's going to be able to just keep landing those four, five, six, seven shot combinations. Push back Usman. Usman will shoot for a takedown. Maybe he gets it. Covington will get back up. Usman or Covington might shoot on Usman and, you know, take it down. But I think the wrestling will cancel out early on in the fight. And I think that that's going to be the to the detriment of Kamado Usman. Because here's the thing. His striking is not the best. You saw it against Woodley. When he hurt Woodley, he was just throwing shots from the hip, just throwing wild punches. It didn't have a lot of crisp, clean technique on it. He was just winging shots to try to finish him. And here's the thing about Kamaru is he is able to have good cardio due to the fact that he can dictate the pace with his wrestling. He can hold on to you in a clinch. He can double underhook you and hold on and gain his breath back and then land some good shots in the clinch. He could take you down, rest there for a little bit, land some good ground and pound, 
get, you know, get back up and then gain a little bit of his breath. He's not going to be able to do that against a guy like Colby Covington. Covington is going to be in his face for the entire 25 minutes. I think both guys will get taken down, but I just think that Covington's going to push a pace that Usman is not going to be able to keep up with. And then eventually the volume is going to pick up. I think Usman uh, will be it will be easier to take down in the third, fourth, and fifth round. I think Cole Covington and Usman have a very, very close first two and a half rounds. And I think towards the end of the third through the fifth, Covington picks it up. I don't think he gets the finish, but I think the overall just pace pressure and uh, and hard-nosed style of Colby Covington is going to get him the win via a unanimous decision, and he will become the new reigning defending welterweight champion of the world and defeat Kamaru Usman in his first title defense. Again, it's a tough fight to call, almost impossible, because the guys are so similar in their attacks. This could be a really boring fight, or it could be just a hard-nosed war for five rounds. I'm leaning more a little bit towards the, the boring side because I think their wrestling is going to cancel out and they're both not the best strikers. But as I just explained, I think Covington's going to be able to push a pace that Usman cannot keep up with for 25 minutes. And Colby Chaos Covington will be your new reigning defending welterweight champion after UFC 245 wraps up on December 14th. That's it for today, guys. I It was three parts, a really long episode. The podcasts this week were very long, but I wanted to get these breakdown and predictions out super early for you guys, just because I want more people to be able to listen to it prior to the fights that take place on the 14th. Like I said, I already covered Conor McGregor's return and what I thought about two, three, four weeks ago on episode, I want to say it was 46 maybe, I covered it, and uh, this is just more on that subject because we covered Connor in the first part of this episode or the first part of the sec of the, the first section of the second part of this episode. I'm sorry. I got tongue tied there, but yeah, guys, again, thank you for the support. This episode will most likely be uploaded to YouTube within the next couple days, um, depending on how I'm able to get it out. But the audio is here for you guys right away on Spotify, anchor, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, overcast and anchor. Anywhere you can get an audio podcast, touch them up is right there for you. And me, Double M, is always here to pick up and keep it going week by week. So thank you guys for the support. Again, tell your boyfriends, friends, girlfriends, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, cousins, nieces, nephews, MMA fans, co-workers, anybody in your classes at school, anybody who's a fan of mixed martial arts, tell them about the Touch Em Up podcast. I need your help and your support to get as far as we possibly can. I can do a little bit of promotion by myself, but like I said, I need the fan support as well. So thank you guys for all the listening. Thank you for tuning in each and every week and for every episode. If it's your first time here, thank you. If you'd like to support the podcast, I do accept donations. You can do a monthly subscription. I'm not asking for them, but if you would like to donate to the Touch Em Up podcast to make this up, this keep going, um, you're more than welcome to, and thank you if you decide to do that. But yeah, that's going to be it for today, guys. I can't wait for UFC 245. And yeah, this has been episode 55 of the Touch Em Up podcast. I'm your host, Double M, and I'm out. Have a good night, everybody.